18 years ago, our country was turned on its head and shaken to its core. In the days that followed 9-11, the citizens of our great nation asked themselves how and what do we do to move forward. We came together as a community, raised our flag, and said we will defend freedom. On this Patriots Day installment of the Double Turn Podcast, we honor the victims, the heroes, and the families of these tragic events. On this edition of the Double Turn Podcast, we will preview and predict the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. And it starts right now. For those of us that were alive when this tragedy on our country and to those people that were in New York when it happened, we know exactly where we were on that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of us, it plays much more vividly in our minds. But uh, I speak for the J-Man and myself in that uh, we will always remember, we will never forget, and uh, we are a much different country today than we are 18 years ago, and I want to believe that uh, we are a better country today than we were 18 years ago, and this tragedy that happened on that day brought us closer together as a nation and brought us closer together um, just as a collective group of people to stand as one. And I know it's a little different way to uh, start this show. Um, and it's, 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 it's just one of those things that we as a country relive it every year. And again, there are those people that, uh, because of the losses they endured on that day, people um, still suffering from it today, whether it's emotionally or physically, of course, and will continue to suffer for it uh, probably for the rest of their lives. Yep. And so, um, we wanted to pay tribute on this special show as we are recording this normally a day earlier than we would um, for. Reasons of scheduling, mostly, um, but it just happened that this show falls on the anniversary of 9-11. And, Patriots um, Day, as we've now come to know it, yep. Yes. Um, and so, with that, uh, we would be doing a disservice to not talk about it. Um, of course, this is a wrestling podcast, the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we do have a pay-per-view to preview and predict coming up this week. We do have news. Um, but I was given a special intro to do tonight. That was a, the words were written by the J man. He was gracious enough to let me read them. Uh, so hopefully I did it justice, but, um, not only as a country, um, but oh. just, just everything, uh, because of course this is wrestling and it, and it gets tied in, mm-hmm. um, SmackDown was one of the first shows that happened right it, afterwards. It was the first. Okay. It was the first uh, sporting outdoor assembly of any sort post 9-11. Uh, on September the 13th, 2001, they were live from Houston, Texas. So there are obviously things that changed that night for WWE. There were nights that changed uh, for the wrestling business in general. On that night, um, there were certain things that were altered 
There were certain characters that were brought in um, that were not a direct result of this tragedy, but there were things that happened um, that did happen in effect to kind of bring us all together yeah, they, in uh, that way. Monday Night Raw was no longer referred to as Raw is War after September 11, 2001. Correct. It became just Raw or Monday Night Raw, how we know it now. Correct. Um, a multitude of different things. But, you know, as Raw said, it, we didn't do this. We didn't plan on uh, our Clash of Champions preview and prediction show to land on 9-11. But last night, him and I were on the phone and we were like, hey, listen, man, if we're going to do this on 9-11... We have to pay tribute because it, it, it means a lot to us personally, and it means a lot to every single person that listens to this podcast. I know it does. We're all very proud Americans, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever background we come from. We love this country, and uh, it, yeah, TDT is uh, dedicating it to all those people involved in it. So Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so I was 16 mm-hmm. when the fateful day happened. Um, I was very much still, let's see, 2001. You were a sophomore at Sabino. I was. Yeah. I will probably safely admit to you that by the time 2001 came about, I was probably in my valley of being a pro wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of other things going on in my life. Um, by the time... 2001 was around. This was, you know, after WCW had been taken over by the invasion storyline. They were in the middle of the invasion storyline. Yes. So I can tell you right now, even though I have watched the invasion storyline and even though I remember parts of it, Mm -hmm. um, I was not as strong of a wrestling fan at this point in my life that I was probably two or three years prior. Um, I do remember the WWF in 2000 being a great product, Mm -hmm. Um, but when there was really only one game in town, you saw the direct results of the wrestling business kind of being in a really weird spot. And so when this happened in 2001, we really only had one wrestling company. So if you watched wrestling, that's what you watched during this time period. Um, Vince McMahon cut his infamous promo right after this happened on SmackDown. Um, not one the, too one of the best promos he could have ever cut, by the way. Indeed. Um, not too long after this, I believe they made Kurt Angle the WWF champion. Kurt Angle won the title like two weeks later at Unforgiven in Pittsburgh. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that was not in the cards before. It definitely made sense at that point, though. But. When you talk about America, does not get more American than a guy that wrestled in the Olympics. And won a gold gold medal in the Olympics. But, I mean, um, the actual, uh, and and I know we laugh at it now, but there was a character that Hulk Hogan used called Mr. America. Yes, yes, there was. Um, There was also the, and I realize now it comes across as not very tasteful, but we had basically much more anti-American gimmicks. Yes. We had the Un-Americans. We had Muhammad Hassan. We had Davari. We had a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just naming 
a few things right yeah. there. Oh, and this was in the middle of Undertaker's bad American badass gimmick too. That's correct. Yeah. So there was a distinct, very pr- and by the way, wrestling was not the only thing that did this. Uh, there were other mediums. There were other just popular culture things that decided, hey, we're going to be much more pro-American. Yeah. Um, a lot of our uh, like, for instance, I'll just tell you because I am still to this day a very uh, avid uh, user of video games. Mm-hmm. During this time period, they they did start to gear more towards military, military, pro America, just everything with that. I was gonna so, say, when, did, when did Call of Duty really take off? Like just a few years after, um, right? Something like that. Yeah. But it was more, you know, most 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 war games back then were either. You know, so over the top, like Doom style, or if they were any realism, if, if there was any realism, it was World War II. Yeah, that oh, changed and, and Duke, after that. I was gonna say Duke Nukem back in the day. Yes. Yeah. So I realize it's a wrestling podcast. I'm just telling you, culture wise, that yeah. it was not just wrestling that went pro America. Absolutely. And there, uh, and all ended on this because obviously we want to go ahead and get started with yes. the Clash of Champions preview prediction. So, but we did talk and we said that we wanted to go ahead and have a few minutes to re, just just talk about what what we were going through i mean you were a sophomore in high school i was in uh sixth grade um i was watching sports center that morning before going to before going to school and uh i had been seeing kind of what was going on but i really didn't have a clue um and i didn't find out until when i got to school later on that day and we had an assembly and then the marching band uh the next day we played in the parking lot in front of the entire school, and we played the national anthem, and I've, it was one of the coolest experiences I could have ever had. We had a special assembly in honor of everything that was going on, um, and it was just it was just good stuff, you know. And excuse me, I'm just putting the mic a little bit closer to me. Hopefully, you guys can hear me a little bit better now. Thank you, Ross. Um, but it was crazy because like a bunch of parents were wanting to go ahead and take their kids out of school and go home because we had no idea what the hell was going to happen next that day. That day was the nuttiest day, the second nuttiest day of my... Let me go ahead and take that back. The fourth nuttiest day of my life, Ross. Because, obviously, my wedding day was crazy, and then the two days that my ch- my children were birthed, and then this. what This was the nuttiest day of my life. You had no idea what was going to happen next. We, as Americans, had no idea what was going to happen next. But, um, yeah, Vince McMahon made the call to go ahead and hold SmackDown a couple days later, and it was a, a, a beautiful thing because he was able to go ahead and bring entertainment to everybody that was a wrestling fan and everybody who wasn't a wrestling fan because it's the only sporting thing that was going on. The NFL held back the season start for about, what, like two more weeks. Um, baseball didn't start up for like another three weeks. I'll never forget, and I have it on my personal stories. You went ahead and saw them both. Uh, Mike Piazza and the Mets played in Queens. The Yankees were not in New York at that time. They were uh, on the road. Um, and Mike Piazza hits a two-run shot to give the Mets the lead in Shea Stadium back in the day. And that place went wild. And that same day, in Chicago, the Cubbies were there. Sammy Sosa was the superstar at the time. And he will come when he comes and runs out of the dugout, he's running all over Wrigley. And he's carrying the American flag. And Wrigley is going absolutely berserk. I will never forget those moments. Never forget those moments. I remember when the NFL started in 2001 that season, there were so many people that were, so many players who were just tearing up because they it was different. The world changed within a 24-hour period. And I'm not saying just the country. It was the world. Um, and 18 years later, we still continuously change and everything is 
so much more tightened up on security and whatnot, and for good reason too. But um, the whole point of this is, um, hopefully, we have become a better, more stronger country for it. There's things out there that are still hope going on, unfortunately. But overall, as a community of Americans, we have become stronger, more unified. The world has become, for the most part, more unified, and hopefully, we can go and continue on that trajectory. And um, we we end it by saying. We pay tribute to those victims, the heroes for damn sure. We appreciate FDNY and NYPD and all the first responders and the military that helped out, that have, that have still helped out to this day, and to the victims and to the families. We still stand with you, just the same way we go ahead and stand with the people from Pearl Harbor and anything else that has happened all over the world. We just say thank you, and we're about to give you a kick-ass show with the Clash of Champions previews and predictions show starting right now. So we do have a few brief news items to go over because they are important and they do reflect uh, actually what's going on with the present product. Yes. And uh, I promise you I will get my energy and fervor up as we get into the show. I'm just will. kind of still it's a little bit getting somber. through that. So um, the rumor, so to speak, and I don't know if this is completely confirmed, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. We are not going to have an NXT TakeOver show in Houston over Royal Rumble weekend. It's a strong rumor, and it seems to, everything all the reports have stated, when Triple H is asked about it, he says that's about as accurate as it could possibly be. Uh, the other part of that, which I actually heard uh, from a pretty reliable source and I've seen in a couple of different other reliable places, yeah. instead of NXT TakeOver Houston... Uh, they are going to do another Worlds Collide tournament. Which is perfectly fine. So they're going to have uh, the people from, let's see, 205 Live, NXT UK. NXT. Right. Yeah. So uh, who won the first one? Uh, the Velveteen Dream. Is that how he got his first title shot? His North American title shot against Johnny Gargano? Yes. Because he got to choose what title shot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, he was bored with Ciampa, and he went after Gargano. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, So, if that is to be, uh, hopefully the World's Collide Tournament is as good as the first one. And uh, Royal Rumble weekend's so crazy anyway, because there's so much going on. Yeah. I don't think... Okay, for instance, we've talked at length about how NXT Phoenix was okay. Or, sorry, NXT TakeOver Phoenix was okay. Yeah. I was much more concerned with the Royal Rumble that weekend because the Royal Rumble, to me, not only is it one of the be- to me, I've 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 grown into that's my favorite pay per view every year because it's the one show with the one match that's different than anything else they do all year. Right. I'm not saying they don't have other creative matches; they only do once a year. But to me, you give me one pay per view that I get to go to or watch every year. To me, it's not WrestleMania; it's the Rumble. To me, it's the Rumble. I'm with you. I get it. So. Whereas NXT, when it lands on WrestleMania weekend, they make it into its own show because it they they, they plus, carry a certain level of importance to it. Plus, by the way, that ends up oftentimes being one of the better wrestling shows. And by the way, WrestleMania has all but said that's not a wrestling show; that's an, an entertainment, entertainment show. show. Yeah, which again is fine, and I accept that. I'm just saying that I'm okay with this. Yes. So, um. The other big part of the news, and then there's the last news that we'll get into our pay-per-view, is that 
205 Live is going to cease to exist as a show because when NXT moves to USA and and you'll you'll tell me the date again here in a second. It's very soon. When that happens, they are going to move all of the 205 Live guys to NXT to not only help fill the time, which in essence that will do when you add an influx of talent like that, but they've already said and already shown you that they are willing to put 205 Live guys on your NXT show. They've brought over UK talent to NXT. So, in a sense, even though I have praised 205 Live, it's gotten a lot better over the last 12 to 18 months since Triple H's hands have been basically all over it with Drake Maverick, with all these other people involved, with all the talent. It's a good move. Sure is. I have my reservations, but I think a lot of people will in that case. And so... If they bring another set of talent and don't treat them as, well, those are the 205 Live guys, and we still have our NXT guys. Instead of just saying, it's NXT, we have a Cruiserweight title on our show with our other three titles, but we're more than likely going to integrate our 205 Live talent and make them a part of our NXT talent and make it a cohesive unit in what would hopefully be a third brand. Exactly. Everything that you just said, I completely agree with. Um, to answer your question, today is September the 11th. NXT on USA premieres next Wednesday, September the 18th. Now, Ross, you remember you and I were discussing that, I think, last week, that the first hour of the first two episodes was going to be on the USA Network, and then the second hour was going to be on the WWE Network. Um, and we were like, oh my gosh, that's so dumb. That makes no sense. There is a reason for it. We finally found out. It has to do with um, the show Suits on USA. If I'm not mistaken, it's in the middle of its last two episodes of the season. So in order for them to air it, um, they wanted to make sure it had its normal time slot on the USA. So that's why they're taking the last hour of NXT and putting it on the network. After those two f- first two weeks, then we will get the first two hours on the USA Network. Okay, in, in you mean entirety. you mean you mean the two hours? The two hours okay. of NXT. That is correct. So that's the reasoning. Now that they've given us that reason, everything makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no. It, it, um, the, yeah. The deal got from what I understood from the reports that were put out. USA and WWE got to the deal much quicker than they anticipated. So in order to go ahead and not have any scheduling conflicts, that was the agreement that they came out to. I just don't know why you wouldn't just agree to just delay it two weeks. Because if they, because of them, I two weeks from the 18th, you're already landing on the first week of October, which then interferes with the move to Fox for SmackDown. So you can't just debut everything the same week? It's a lot, though, man. I'm just saying. I mean, you're no, already, no, I, you're I, already I doing you. that. You might as well. I just, I, I, I personally think that they don't want to go ahead and take away from the, from the. But you wouldn't be, because you're debuting everything at once. Yeah, but if with the Fox deal being so big, this is mm. the way I look at it. With the Fox be- deal being so big, I think it deserves an entire week to itself, and not having to share it with USA premiering NXT on its own network. Personally, 
No, I, I. And then you've got AEW premiering that same week too, which is. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying from a logistics side, why would you do half and half for two weeks when you could just have the full thing and, and just again, wait two weeks? And again, I think it secretly still has to do with the people who are paying for the network, which at the same time, again, to those people that are complaining that it's no longer going to be on the network, you're still getting a lot of stuff on the network for $9.99, including every pay-per-view and NXT takeover that they have. Yeah. For $10 a month, instead of dropping 60 bucks a month, there's a reason why I did not order All Out, guys. It was $50. And for those of you that only watch NXT and then uh, you don't watch any of the regular pay-per-views, I have nothing to say to you because yeah. you're missing you're missing everything else That's, just to watch com- NXT. You're, you're, if you're watching NXT and don't watch the TakeOver specials, you're completely missing the point well, of no. everything that's happening on a weekly television well, no. basis. There are some people that only watch NXT and oh, the TakeOvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's whatever. Okay. Yeah. Like, no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I have nothing to say to those people. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, NXT is great, but these guys are going to move. These guys and gals are moving to, w, to the Raw, excuse me, to Raw and SmackDown um, regardless. So, whatever. It's all good. Anyways. Um, so that is that one week away from a huge move for NXT, the next bit of news, which will lead us into the predictions and picks for us is the King of the Ring final is not taking place at Clash of Champions like we originally expected. Roswell, take it away, my friend. Yes. So uh, my my segue was going to be that uh, you didn't want the NXT debut on USA and the SmackDown debut on Fox. You wanted it to be separate. Well, WWE has made the decision they are not going to force the Corbin-Gable King of the Ring Finals match on this pay-per-view, which has 10 title matches and then Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. So so they decided, you know what, we've already gotten this far, we're already treating it seriously, even though I have my doubts on that last statement. Um, They are saying they want it to have an extra week of them preparing. Actually, it would be an extra day, but they want this week to kind of plan out what they're going to do mm-hmm. with the finals on Raw, which, by the way, if Corbin and Gable does not main event Raw this week, they are dumb. If they're already waiting and taking this off the pay-per-view, which I'm fine with, it's already a crowded card, there's already a lot going on, I'm fine with them saving it to Raw, mm-hmm. I still argued that it should either be a network special or its own pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. You really want to treat it seriously. But they're saying, we want to treat this seriously. So let's, let's see if it. they actually do it. Yeah. Let's see if they... Because, uh, again, they could have Corbin and Gable have a great King of the Ring finals match. Whoever wins, right? Mm-hmm. Save it for Raw. There you go. So in... In accordance to the fact that it was going to be a preview and predictions part of this show, um, I'm going to allow us to predict who's going to win, but it's not going to count towards the pay-per-view. All right. I'm here to tell you right now, we've already gotten this far. We've already gotten to this benchmark of this tournament. We have a mega heel against a baby face they've pushed for two weeks or three weeks. Whatever you want to call it. Babyface on the come up. Which has primarily only been pushed as a tag team guy. Right. Very good, but just a tag team guy. So I'm torn because there's an obvious choice. And then there's the other choice, which I'm going to reference a guy that won a King of the Ring that was considered a tag team guy for a long time. 
And then he won the King of the Ring, and everybody was like, oh, he's a really good singles guy, and then had a really good singles career that was cut short by injury. That being Edge. Am I wrong in my assessment? Not at all. I am not saying Chad Gable is Edge. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that would be an interesting storyline to say, hey, Chad Gable's been a tag team guy, and we think we have a plan for him. We think he can. Because, by the way, Chad Gable's a pretty damn good wrestler. You could make the case Chad Gable was better was better than Jason Jordan. No, he is better than Jason and Jordan. By the way, let's, let's throw out a fact there. Jason Jordan ain't bad in the ring. No. Yeah. But, that's what but, I'm saying. Like that's how good Chad Gable is. That Jason Jordan is considered a good wrestler. Chad Gable's better. I agree. I agree. However, I am picking Baron Corbin to win this event. First of all, the King of the Ring has always been catered more towards heels. Um, you've already pushed Baron Corbin as being a money in the bank winner, even though he lost his briefcase. You've already built him up as this kind of mega heel kind of character that actually that actually gets real heat. Mm-hmm. I know people say he has X-Pac heat. I don't know what you people are talking about. Listen to the listen to the crowd in MSG on Monday. Loud boos. Loud boos, but, and then not to mention Baron Corbin. Yeah, Corbin well, those, sucks. Yeah, well, people cheering for Baron Corbin are part of the problem. I'm but, well aware, but you, you knew what I explained to you last night, you agreed with. Somebody getting boos is a reaction. Yes. Someone gets no reaction, that yes. is worse. That's terrible. That's not the right thing. That's what you don't want. So if you want a proper heel to be able to cut promos about how because remember, he was giving he was giving special intros to all the ring announcer guys of all of his accomplishments, right? Yes. Add on King of the Ring. Oh, and by the way, if you really want to get heat, I know I know I'm going to get flack for this. If you really want a person that can beat Seth Rollins that will get absolutely eviscerated and booed, have Baron Corbin beat him. It's an idea. I'm not saying it's the best idea, but you've already pushed this guy. This guy has rolled with everything you've given to him after you took the briefcase away from him and made him look like the biggest joke on the planet. This guy shaved his head for you guys because you thought that it would make him look like more of a douchebag. Look, all I know, and look, I understand he's turning his career around and he's got a good thing going in AEW. When Ty Dillinger on television gives you crap for not having a briefcase and losing to Jinder Mahal because John Cena screwed you over, you're pretty low on the totem pole at that point. John Cena bit him in like six minutes in the opening match of SummerSlam that year. And look where he is now. Yeah. He is one of, if not the best heels on Raw. In the entire company. And in the entire company. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen overnight. Nope. Oh, took, yeah. It took him over a year to get here. And by the way, if they didn't have any plans for him, they wouldn't have changed his music. They wouldn't have shaved his head bald. They wouldn't have had him look like a waiter from Applebee's. They wouldn't have had him beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 35. Thank I'm you. just throwing that out there. Listen, I'm, I've been... I have been disagreeing with you for the last year, and I have finally come around and said you were right about Baron. Let me. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and just use this platform to just be honest. Okay. <laughs> you laughed at me when I said he was the best I deal on Raw. Laughed at you. You laughed seven when I put him. Ago. Yes. Seven months ago, I laughed in your face. You put him in your top five earlier this year. And I was like, listen, Ross, I love Baron Corbin. You're out of your damn mind, though. <laughs> and then you did it last year at the end of the year. Um, you said, oh, what was it? You put, didn't you say you break out stars? Yes. No. Yeah. I was like, you're crazy. You are nuts. 
Roswell, I'm here to tell you, you were ahead of your time and you made the right call. And I apologize and I agree with you right now, September the 11th, 2019, on the Double Turn Podcast, the 71st episode. Okay? Baron Corbin's winning, by the way. I'm, I'm, there I'm is sure, no other I'm choice. I'm sure everybody got that. There sure is no other choice. Out. Yeah. So this is my thing. And, I, and you and I had a really good conversation last night. Um, and I told you that you have two choices. One, you can either push the baby face that's going to go ahead and be really just in your mid-card, because I'll be honest with you, unless I see something extraordinary out of Chad Gable, and mind you, I think he's a fantastic wrestler, but the man's gimmick is that he gets made fun of for his height, and then he's got this Snoopy dog face that makes you want to just give him a hug. That's not the type of baby face that the World Wrestling Entertainment needs currently at this juncture in time. On the other hand, you have a heel who has who main evented two pay-per-views earlier this year who beat one of the greatest of all time in his in his retirement match at WrestleMania. Um who was one of the standout performers in the Money in the Bank ladder match earlier this year and who legitimately can beat Seth Rollins for the Universal title. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying he will. But you've got a mega heel in the making or a potential really good mid-card babyface in the making. What do you want to use this King of the Ring title for? You want to use it to propel somebody to that very top echelon. As much as I would have loved Andrade to be in this position, as much as you would have loved Drew McIntyre to be in this position, neither of them are here. So the only logical thing to do at this point, and my friend Usiel can hate me all he wants for this, Baron Corbin doesn't, shouldn't just win this. He has to win King of the Ring 2019. I don't care that Chad Gable is on the come up. Chad Gable is not on the same level as Baron Corbin will be. Baron Corbin's basically already a mid a main event heel. Chad Gable is reaching mid car babyface status. He could could he be a main eventer? Sure, but not right now. Not right now. No. Corbin is in the main event. This is what will propel him to be a WWE or a Universal Champion. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, I agree. Got to make the call. Make the call. WWE. Baron Corbin. Let me t- and let me tell you something. Chad Gable and Baron Corbin can have a show stealer on Monday. I'm telling you right now. If you haven't seen Baron Corbin perform in this in this tournament and thought that he's put on some of the best matches of his entire career, you're out of your damn mind. I'm not telling you that him and Miz had a barn burner, but they had a good solid first round match. And then you went ahead and saw the match with Cedric Alexander. That was fire. And guess what? I understand that Ricochet and Samoa Joe were the ones that were in that triple threat with him on Monday night at, at Madison Square Garden. But Baron Corbin more than held his own. More than held his own in that match. And the dude can go. He's one of the Listen, he's one of the best big men wrestlers in the game right now. Period. Bar none. Come fight me. Honestly. Is he Drew McIntyre? Nope. Is he close? Yup. Real close. Closer than what you might think. The man's got some power moves that just oozes not the main event big guy that Vince wants but just a really good big guy wrestler like Undertaker Kane Big Show type of wrestler Mm -hmm. but more athletic because he's 6'8 and 270 instead of being 
6'8", There's a huge difference. Right. So I am also, if you haven't figured it out, picking Baron Corbin to win King of the Ring and beat Chad Gable in a very competitive match on Monday Night Raw next week. All right. It is finally that point in the show, as we have covered everything else we are going to cover other than our preview and predictions portion of this podcast. By the way, forgot to do this at the beginning. The Double Turn Podcast on Instagram, Ross the Real Boss 85, one and only J-Man 19, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. You can find this on Spotify, on iTunes, and amongst a bunch of other places. Got Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Breaker, everything in its mother. Yes. Yep. Uh, but we're very excited now that uh, the two big ones, that being Spotify and iTunes, not that the other ones don't matter because they do. Yep. Uh, but those are the two that we like to. And Google Podcast is pretty big on there. Is pretty big too. Uh, so as is Stitcher, actually. Yeah. So, so. Uh, Stitcher's a lot bigger than what I thought it was. So shout out to us. We're on all of them. Woo-hoo! Yes. So, uh, as we mentioned before, there were supposed to be twelve matches on this card. They have changed it to eleven. Um, this is one of the harder pay per views of the year to predict. Oh yeah. Because there are so many damn title matches, and I treat this. Very much like the old show Night of Champions instead of Clash of Champions because they are treating this like Night of Champions used to be, which is they're saying every belt is on the line. Which is correct. So the only non-title match that is at this show is Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Which is a no disqualification match. Oh, is it? I did yes. not know that. Oh, well then, hold up. Got to change my, my pick real quick. It is a no disqualification match. Ah, shucky ducky. So... The last night of champions was 2015 because we've had clash of champions in 16, 17 and 19. We did not have clash of champions last year. That's true because hell in a cell was in September. And then we had the, uh, we had the international shows in between as the buffer between it and survivor series. Would you like to know how many title changes were on the 2015 show? 2015. Hold on for one second. Um, John Cena beat Seth Rollins for the U.S. title. He did. Um, 2015. There was only okay. So the WWE. Okay, so the tag team titles. New Day defended the tag team titles. The Dudley Boys won by disqualification, no, so they okay. kept the titles. Right, correct. Okay. Um, cruiserweight championship didn't exist yet. The IC championship was held by the Miz. Nope. Who, no. Hold on. 2015 IC title. Who had it at that point? I'm testing his knowledge, by the way. Daniel Bryan lost it because he had to go and recover from his neck and from his... Okay. Dolph Ziggler was... Nope. Hold on. Damn it. Who was the IC... Oh, wasn't it Ryback? It was. Yeah, that's right. Ryback won at like the Elimination Chamber like a few months back, and then he had a match against... I want to say it was like... I don't know, like Sheamus or something. It like was that? not. Okay, who was it? It was Kevin Owens. Oh, that's right. Oh, Kevin Owens beat him for the IC title. That's he did. right. There was one other title change on that show. Hold on. Um. Okay. So 2015. Correct. Charlotte beat Nikki Bella for the Divas title. The man is amazing. We had three title changes on that pay per view: Kevin Owens, Charlotte, and John Cena. Yep. So. I mentioned that, one, to test how great his knowledge is and how terrible probably the rest of us are at uh, remembering weird, random pay-per-views from four years ago. I'm sorry. It's, no, no. It's I'm, I'm giving you props. <laughs> um, so, 
That was also uh, that was also uh, the event where uh, Seth Rollins defeated Sting. It's also great. the same event that he broke Sting's neck, unfortunately. That's great. So we have eleven matches. We are tied at seventy-eight. Uh, it is the ninth month of 2019, by the way, guys. Yes, it is. Just listen to the how close that is. That's insane. So, I believe you beat me at the last pay-per-view. Not here to brag. It's okay, because that makes my job easier. You, sir, are going first. Fair play. So. that You know what? It does make my job easier, or your job easier, because the last few pay-per-views, I've had to go second, and I've had basically to rebuttal to you. And now... Mm-hmm. You are in that position and means I'm going to get bitten in the ass. So, so here we go. So all I ask is that you leave. Okay. Here's what I'll say because normally I go first yeah. and I go in the order that I want to and I normally right. leave the main events till last. Yes. So what I would ask is that you do the same thing. That's fair. You so leave. Means- you leave the WWE title match. Yep. You leave the universal title match. The two women's titles. Basically, all I would say is make sure you leave the two main men's titles to last. Fair enough. You can do whatever order you want uh, for whatever matches you want since you are leading this pay-per-view. Okay, that's fair. Fair enough. Let's do this because I have a feeling that this is going to be on the pre-show, unfortunately. But at the same time, they might surprise us because SummerSlam actually had the Cruiserweight title on the main show. So, um, but because it is kind of the baby title... Let's go ahead and talk triple threat cruiserweight title, um, which is Drew Gulak, Umberto Carrillo, and Linsa Dorado in a triple threat match for the cruiserweight championship. Quick, uh, quick recap of the feud: Gulak yep. won his title at Stomping Grounds. Umberto Carrillo won a number one contenders match that was a fatal four way on Two Hundred Five Live three weeks ago. And then Lince Dorado, for absolutely no reason, pinned Umberto Carrillo, and they just put him in the match. That is correct. That's why. That's how we got here. Yes. Now. That being said, I love Lince Dorado because he's my Puerto Rican compadre, and so it's automatic. But more than that, he is actually a very, very good wrestler, and because he's in a group with Kalisto and with Grand Metalik, the man doesn't get any props because he's surrounded by two other great luchadors. But let me tell you something. Lince Dorado is just as good as those two. Lince Dorado was a standout in the Cruiserweight tournament a few years back in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um He's a fantastic wrestler, and it's about damn time he got a cruiserweight title shot. That being said, this whole storyline is really Drew Gulak and Umberto Carrillo. And it has been because Umberto Carrillo has been shooting up the ranks since over the summertime. Um, and with good reason, too. The man is fantastic. Um, that way, that being said, though, Roswell, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, you, Drew Gulak is the face of the cruiserweights, and, and that has not changed yet. And it should not change until... The full influx of of NXT and 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 the cruiserweights all together. Um, there is no reason, absolutely no reason, that Drew Gulak should be dropping the cruiserweight title on Sunday. And I'm going to go ahead and stick that. I think, I think that uh, the people in the back are rather high on Humberto Carrillo, which means that I hate doing this. I hate using this excuse, but I believe that Lince Dorado will most likely get pinned on Sunday, and they'll quote-unquote, protect Umberto Carrillo, which is fine, but, I mean, it always just goes back to your old saying of, if you don't want this guy to get pinned and you don't want the other guy to get pinned, why the hell are you having the match? That is literally your words every single time we have this type of conversation. And this goes right back to it, but, you know, they're going to waste my guy, Lance Dorado, and that's fine, but at least 
Drew Gulak will be the one who retains because I truly think that he is the best character and best not best wrestler because obviously there there you could make the case for a lot of wrestlers in 205 live to be the best but he is the best man suited to carry the purple belt currently at this juncture of 205 live and going into NXT so Drew Gulak is my pick to retain uh I know you love Lince Dorado he has one purpose in this match to take and that's to get pinned yep um I would have had this be one-on-one um, there is, has also been a pretty consistent storyline of the relationship between Gulak and Carrillo. Carrillo came in, was kind of not really a babyface or a heel. Gulak kind of took him under his wing. Then he kind of booted him out of his group because at the time that was with uh, Kendrick and Gallagher were hanging out with uh, Gulak. And then that group kind of slowly disintegrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, they kicked out Carrillo after a few weeks because Carrillo was kind of upstaging them which then made Creo a babyface, which he's better at anyway, especially since he's really not cutting a lot of promos. Right. Plus, the guy's been awesome. Uh, and then they kicked out Kendrick and then Gallagher and him anyway. So there's history. So I wish this was a one-on-one match. Um, for everything you just said, they are going to protect Creo in this match. They're going to make Creo look like a million bucks. Drew Gulak is the man in this division. I begged, I pleaded for him to be the champion for a long time. They finally pulled the trigger at stomping grounds and they're gonna do an instance where either lince dorado hits a big move on Carrillo, gulak will throw him out of the ring and pin Carrillo, or Carrillo will do a big move on dorado and he'll throw Carrillo out of the ring and pin dorado mm-hmm. probably the latter so they can protect Carrillo. right uh, but that's how they do 98% of triple threats that are not WrestleMania main events. That's fair. That's <laughs> which, which, by the way, I'm, I'm specifically talking about 20 and 30. Because those are two of the better triple threats they've ever done. Oh, yeah, they happen to be main events of WrestleManias, and they happen to be amazing. And uh, not with that classic. finish. Yeah. And not with the finish of, oh, one guy hits a finish. Because that's exactly how... Corbin got to the yeah. King of the Ring Finals match. No, for those who don't so. remember, the finish of the WrestleMania 20 triple threat between Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels was um, Shawn Michaels went for a super kick. Um, Benoit flipped him out of the ring, and then Triple H went to hit him with the pedigree, and then he Benoit got out of the pedigree and locked in the Crippler cross, cross face and did not let go for like three minutes. Yes. And it was fan. Freaking tastic. And then if I remember correctly, Daniel Bryan hit double knees on Orton. He hit, which, the, ru- he hit the running knee on uh on Orton. Right. Yeah. And then he hit the was it the kick off the top? How did he get Batista in the hold? Um oh actually what it was was he hit the drop he hit the he, he, the drop kick to yes. Orton. Then he hit the running knee to Batista and then, then he put him in the hold. In okay. The, in the that's lock. what it was. I, yeah. was. I was trying to figure out how he got Orton to the outside. Oh my god, it's such a great ending to that match. Still, never forget the botched powerbomb into RKO in which Orton took the full TV, TV hit. monitor right into the back. Yes, Ugh. I mean the the spot is wicked. The powerbomb into the RKO. Orton's taking so many bad bumps on. Like, remember when he slipped and the whole thing fell on him too? The that ladder was, they busted his head wide. No, open? no, I'm, I'm I'm talking about just the I'm talking about just the table spot where he oh. was standing on the edge of it and it fell over on top of him yes. and everybody thought he screwed up his knee. Yep. Anyway, it's a tangent. Drew Gulak is retaining because he's the man, and he should not lose the Cruiserweight title. I agree with you on that 100%, my friend. All right, next match. What do I got on here? Let's see. What have they not treated super-duper importantly? Uh, You know what? I hate to do this. 
Uh, what the hell? Why not? Let's go Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. I told you you can go in any order except for leaving the two big yeah. belts till last. So, so let's do that. And by the way, I think that this is also going to be a very interesting match. So uh, how we got here, um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross beat the Iconics and two other teams in a fatal four-way to decide who it's going to be the champions. Yes, that was the week before SummerSlam. It was uh, the Kabuki Warriors. And then who was in- It was Fire and Desire, was it not? No, it Yes, it was. Son Thank of a you. biscuit eating bulldog. Yes, it was. So, uh by the way, they have not they've not been using this team name until recently. Maybe like 3 weeks ago. So now they are officially Fire and Desire even though they had really only mentioned it either in commentary or on Instagram. So commentary. Tom Phillips actually said Fire and Desire 2 weeks ago. That's probably when they started using it. Then yep. was two weeks ago. So Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, that being Fire and Desire, uh, I'm still of the belief that Sonya Deville is Fire and Mandy Rose is Desire. I but... am fully on board with you. Okay. I originally thought that it could be, you know, because Sonya Deville desires to be the best, and then you know Mandy looks like Fire. But and no, it's and, and guess what? Maybe that's what it is. I sincerely doubt it. But I gather it as Mandy Rose <laughs> is hot like Fire. But then she's really the one that you desire. It doesn't matter. The point is, I'm not saying Sonya Deville's not attractive. She is. I'm just saying it's kind of an interchangeable tag team name. Absolutely. The point is that uh, did they beat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a match, and that's how they got this title match? That's exactly correct. Yeah, they beat them last week on SmackDown. So that's how they got this title match, everybody. Okay. Please continue. I just like giving background on no, no, these no. things. I, I actually I like you doing that because you can go ahead and put it into words a lot better than I can. Plus, my memory on those things, weirdly, I have this weird thing of remembering that stuff. You have this thing about remembering the fact that you love you some Mandy Rose. Hey, Mandy. And uh, Alexa Bliss, too, as well as uh, Carmella, as well as Charlie Caruso, as well as Kayla Braxton, as well as basically everybody. I love them all equally, yes, okay? Do. Sarah Schreiber has become one of your new favorites. She's that awesome. being said, uh, Bliss and Cross versus Mandy and Sonya. Um, first of all, let me be the first one to say that I genuinely think that this is going to be a much better match than people are thinking it's going to be because of a multitude of reasons. First of all, Sonya Deville and Manny Rose are one of the best women's tag teams on, in this company, period, bar none. They have been for They're, a while. The, they have been for like about a year. Uh, you, Ross and I said it best, besides Sasha and Bayley, they were the favorites to win the women's tag team belts at the elimination pay-per-view this year. They didn't, but they were the last team eliminated, and that speaks volumes, first of all. Second of all, the chemistry that these two have developed together over the last two years has been absolutely insane. The rapid rate that Mandy Rose has progressed as an in-ring performer has been absolutely unbelievable. And let me tell you something. If Shayna Baszler did not work for World Wrestling Entertainment and neither did Ronda Rousey, Sonya Deville would be in the position that they were in or that Shayna Baszler is currently in now in NXT. I'm throwing that out there. Fight me if you want. I don't care. That being said, Alexa Bliss is probably the... F- okay, so you've got the four horsewomen, right? Alexa Bliss is right up there with them. Okay? She is one of the, if not the most... one of Yeah, one of the most popular women in the entire women's roster. She's definitely high on the totem pole. She is definitely high up in the totem pole. She is one of the biggest performers in women's wrestling today all over the world. There is a reason why they said, let's put the tag team titles with Alexa Bliss and somebody else because they really needed that positioning of the titles. 
I don't think that they're ready to let go of that just yet. Even though Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville absolutely need a run with the tag team titles. Why? Because of everything I just said previous. Because they really are one of the best tag teams in the entire company when it comes to the women's division. I just don't know if... Plus, the whole you'll never look like me thing that Mandy Rose is doing with Nikki Cross. It's going to come back and bite her in the ass. Because Nikki's probably going to go ahead and absolutely squash her in a couple of different occasions in the match on Sunday. Um, And I don't think that they're ready to break up Alexa and Nikki just yet. I really don't. And I'm going to tell you something. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are really starting to take off as a babyface duo. They really are. If you didn't think that Alexa Bliss could go ahead and play the babyface that well, you were wrong. Because Alexa Bliss is absolutely nailing it. We just need to see the full-fledged babyface turn for Alexa. Because she's still doing the moment of bliss and she's still being a little bit arrogant and stuff like that. Once she makes the full transition, because she's being really nice to Nikki, right? But she hasn't turned towards the crowd yet, even though the crowd cheers for Alexa every single time she comes out. She is the real definition of a tweener right now. Once she makes a full babyface transition, Alexa Bliss is going to be back to megastar just like she was when she was a heel at the beginning of her WWE main, main roster run. That being said, I don't think that they're ready to take the t- titles off of Nikki and Alexa yet, so I'm picking Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to defend the women's tag team titles. I thought for sure I was going to have more time. Because I thought you were going to wait on this one. But you went earlier than I thought. And that's okay. Because inevitably, me picking second, I kind of get to change on the fly if I want to. Yes, you do. However, as much as I would love to see as many title changes as I think could happen on this show. Uh-huh. For whatever reason, this company loves... It's bizarre tag teams. We talked about it last week. They love their teams that make absolutely no sense. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss is exactly that. They make no sense. Yes. Don't get me wrong. They had Bailey and Sasha who were tag team champions together. But that's different because they're real life best friends. Well, not really. Bailey's best friend is Carmella in real life. But yeah. You're allowed to have multiple best friends. Eh, best is kind of one spot. I think that I called you my best friend earlier today. I don't know what to tell you. That's why I don't <laughs> believe in it. For that very reason. I No, I just don't like having a hierarchy no, no, I, of friends. I, I I'm totally kidding. No, but legitimately, from what we understand, Sasha and Bailey are very, very good friends outside of the ring, just as they are inside the ring. Carry on, sir. Sure. No, I was just, I was just being a smartass. Um, I would love for this division to get a kick in the pants and have Fire and Desire win. But with the promo that she cut and the fact that this team is just going to, because they're not going to take Alexa out of this team until they're ready to put her back in a scene where she's going to be the champion again. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are retaining. As much as it's going to pain me, because they're probably going to pin Mandy Rose. Ah, I know. Doesn't that frustrate you so much? Because, but at the same time, would you want Sony Deville to get pinned? No. Uh, well, if you're not going to make them the tag team champions, then to me, eventually, you should split those two up. I know, but they... they... Which, by the way, 
inherently, it's very obvious if they're going to split them up. Sony's going to be the baby face. That's correct. Yeah. But that being said, I'm, listen, I'm telling you that I think Bliss and Cross will retain. In no way, shape, or form does that not mean that they're not going to win the titles at the next pay-per-view. As long as they get a shot. Because I'm telling you this right now. They need to be the next tag team champions. I just don't know if WWE is ready to take them off of Bliss and Cross just yet. Probably right. So that's my pick. I'm saying that uh, Bliss and Nikki Cross retain All right. the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So we are two for two. That we are. All right. Perfect. My next match, this is where uh, the, probably deserves exactly to be where it is right now. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, give us background on this, my friend. Uh, Shinsuke won the Intercontinental title. Okay, this is how bad the Intercontinental title has been. The internet. The internet. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he win it at Extreme Rules at the pre-show against Finn Balor? Yes, he did. Yeah. That's probably why nobody remembers that, it because it happened on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, although, isn't that how Jinder Mahal won the United States title? On the pre-show, no, he did not. It actually happened at the main show at WrestleMania. That's right. Yeah, thank goodness that's on the DVD. Thank goodness that's on the DVD because remember the pre-show of the last two WrestleManias has not been on the DVD. I did not know that. Yes, Austin Aries was not happy about that. Oh, no wonder he left the company. Well, that wasn't the only reason. I know, but but him and Neville put on a show at 33. Yes, and uh, as far as I can tell, the Miz had literally nothing else better to do. That's why he and Sami Zayn and, and Shinsuke Nakamura are feuding and the belt's involved. Right. I really don't have another explanation other than pretty sure Miz invited them on Miz TV. They had a fight, and now Miz is, is, is taking him on for the Intercontinental title. Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. But this I, still is what remember, I-, I still remember Alberto Del Rio turning babyface and then the Miz turning babyface because Alberto Del Rio was getting picked on. Oh. This was a while ago. This was 2012. But I remember I remember both of those being extremely forced. My god. But this uh, but now the Miz being a babyface is totally not forced because the crowd is so is very much behind. Even though him. he still has his horrible yes kicks that everybody chants along to like sheep. Yeah, I know it's true. Okay. So this is what I have to say about this, my friend. I'm sorry. Everything that... No, no, no. It's okay. The Miz is annoying me again. Shinsuke Nakamura needs to keep the IC title, right? Kinshasa! Shout out to Corey Graves. He is the man for a multitude of reasons. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura needs to keep the IC title. But let me hear... Let me be the first one to tell you. So uh, over the last week, WWE has been doing a special of... What is it? 40 years of the IC title? Yeah, it's been great. Um, they had a table for three with Christian, Orton, and Miz, actually. Um, for those of you who don't know, Miz is tied for either second or third on the all-time list for most intercontinental title reigns. I think he's tied for second. He's an eight-time intercontinental champion. Roswell, I bring this up for a reason. Would you like to know who is the most, uh, the, the, who has the most title uh, intercontinental title reigns in WWE history? I think I know the answer to this. Go ahead. I believe he is the current AEW world champion. That's that would correct. be Chris Jericho. A little bit of a bubbly. The reason I bring this up, Roswell, is because uh, I'm going to be flat out honest with you. Jericho is n- not in the, uh, how do I put this, in the good graces of World Wrestling Entertainment right now. He's just not. He's an AEW guy. Um, and even though he left a year and a half ago on quote unquote good terms, 
WWE is not okay with him being over in AEW and being one of their top stars. They're just not. I bring this up because I think that they are looking, you know how they were trying to eviscerate CM Punk's WWE uh, record of 434 days? And you know how they eviscerated AJ Lee's record of 200 some odd days when Nikki Bella beat it? They're going to try and do the same thing to Chris Jericho. And the closest thing that they can do to that is have Miz tie for the all-time record in title reigns. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and make my first title change of the night. I know, I know it's crazy, but I'm just thinking logically because I this is how WWE goes about things. You know it, I know it. Charlotte's title reigns lengthwise is up there because of the same thing of AJ Lee. Uh, Miz is going to beat Shinsuke Nakamura for the IC title on Sunday. That's, that is my reasoning. Now, do I think that they're going to have a good, a good match? I mean, it could be quality. I mean, Shinsuke, we know he can go. Miz is a lot better in the ring than people give him credit for. I can, I, I keep stressing that. I, ha- I feel like I have to defend the Miz. I shouldn't have to defend him anymore, guys. The man can, the man's just a good, safe wrestler. He is. Get it through your heads. The man can go. Especially when you go ahead and put him with a really good dance partner. Shinsuke Nakamura needs to keep the title, but he won't. That is one of the pettiest reasons for somebody to win a championship. And WWE will pull it off because they're WWE and you know it. I don't understand why there's heat between Chris Jericho and the WWE. He left on Great terms. amicable terms. I know. He took a contract to work for another company. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall turned the ratings around for WWE. Oh, by the way, also, Hulk Hogan left, went to WCW, mm-hmm. almost put them out of business. They let all three of them back. I know. And they brought the NWO gimmick back and then bastardized it, but they at least brought it back. I know. Shinsuke is retaining. I'll tell you why. Okay. First of all, as much as I respect your opinion on that, that would be completely idiotic. For WWE to do. Notice how I said, I respect your opinion. And you did say idiotic on behalf of WWE. That's, and I'm saying that it is idiotic. Yes, that doesn't it is. mean that they won't do it. Okay. I understand that we've start and stop pushed Nakamura. Huh. I think? remember I remember one of my <laughs> this is so stupid, but I don't care. You know what my favorite Nakamura promo is? Sorry, no, no English. Yes, yeah. Back when uh He was feuding with AJ last year. Back when Renee Young was still doing backstage. Ah, yes. And she gave that just lifeless look of, really? (laughs) Really? Literally, she did the Miz look without saying, really? 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 (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She is so underrated. She's awesome. She is. I don't know if play-by-play is her calling, but they're trying it. I know. Sort of. But that doesn't mean that she's not an asset to the company. No, I understand that. What I'm saying is, to me, she will always fill... Okay. It's like saying... You're really good at your job. It's the same argument I make for Kofi Kingston. I know. You're really good at your job, but then I don't want to make you the guy. Right. Renee Young is awesome. She is never going to be Jim Ross. Okay? I would be fine saying she's going to be the next Mean Gene Okerlund. That's an awesome spot. Yes, it is. And realistically, and, and, that's probably what she's going to be. And now, by the way, let's... She could be the next Michael Cole in the backstage area because by, Michael Cole as a backstage interview was gold. Well, well that's why I say Mean Gene Oakland because Mean Gene did everything. Yes, he did. He did backstage. He did out in front of the crowd. He talked in the ring. 
they could have Renee doing a ton more. Yes, they the could. point is, because I'm talking about Shinsuke, and I love that promo, the Sami Zayn stuff with Shinsuke is working. I, I thought it was one of the most bizarre things that they've decided to do, but it's working. Because Sami Zayn's this character that's just annoying, that comes out and just bashes the fans, and slowly but surely the fans have kind of stopped caring about him. By the way, that's what you're supposed to do which, as a heel. Which, by the way, made it really surprising that he was the one that was in the ring with The Undertaker on Tuesday night. Yes. So, if you're going to give Sami Zayn good spots like that, and you're going to put Shinsuke Nakamura in this spot where he essentially has a manager or a mouthpiece. Which he's needed for a very long time. Plus, the Miz doesn't need the title. And Nakamura does. And that's why I'm saying Nakamura retains the Intercontinental title. I think you make a really valid point. I think you make a really good case. It's just... I feel like there's bitterness. Don't screw it up, WWE. You, you, know, you probably will. Just throwing that out there. I, I like Shane McMahon win the title next. Oh, don't get me started on, on that. All right. Oh, boy. Not even halfway through the card. Ross is already getting riled up. Here we go. You know, it's I a good. Would be up. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What, what do we do next? What do we do next, Roswell? What do we got? Let's do. You know what? It's it's the only non-title match on the show. Let's just go ahead and do it right now. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan in what Ross is telling me now is a no disqualification match. So we got here because three weeks or two weeks prior to SummerSlam, Roman Reigns was going to go ahead and issue an open challenge. He was going to announce who he wanted his opponent to be at SummerSlam. And all of a sudden, stuff in the back fell over, almost attacking him. And then we saw Caleb Braxton's horrible acting skills. A week later... We saw uh, a car try to run him over, and Samoa Joe was there to save the day, and Roman Reigns forgave Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe doesn't forgive us still to this day, which is kind of sad because I want Samoa Joe to be my friend. Um, he has Roman Reigns has been on an investigation. He hunted for Buddy Murphy. He had a great match with Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy turned babyface, and everybody loves Buddy Murphy now. Um, and then it came down to it being Eric Rowan, Daniel Bryan, or a guy that looks like Eric Rowan, and blah, blah, blah. Case in point, last week we come to find out, Eric Rowan supposedly did this all by himself. He turned on Daniel Bryan by giving him a claw slam, or what do you call it? It is a claw slam, or claw bomb? Uh, he Basically, he puts his hand over your head and then slams you by your head, so it's not... It's a choke slam, but him holding you by the head instead of him holding you by the so neck. So, claw slam, claw bomb, either way, yes. It looks like it's cool. Um. Anyways, he hit one of those on Daniel Bryan and put him through the announce table, which was shocking, Um. and then beat the holy hell out of Roman Reigns, and then him and Roman Reigns had a big fight on Tuesday in the med- uh, at the Garden, and with... Uh, Eric Rowan powerbombing a guy who was wearing an AEW show, uh, AEW shirt on the USA Network, which was hysterical. Um, anyways, now we have gotten to this point where the match has been announced, and we've got Eric Rowan versus Roman Reigns. Before you told me that it was a no DQ match, Ross, my original thought was going to be that Roman was going to win this match via disqualification because we were going to find out that Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan have been working all along, and that it, you know Eric Rowan set him up so Daniel Bryan could go ahead and be the one that comes out to be the one that attacked him now you're telling me it's a no dq match so somebody has to win i still think that daniel bryan has everything to do with this and i still think that him and rowan are in cahoots so i say that roman wins and then gets attacked by daniel bryan 
and then Rowan and Daniel Bryan team up and beat the holy snot out of Roman Reigns, and we find out that it was Daniel Bryan who was telling the Ro- Rowan to do it the entire time. That is my call. Let me tell you something right now. Okay. I know there are fans of this podcast and of WWE that no matter what they do, where they put him on the card, how many, however many titles he wins, they will never like Roman Reigns. And they hope he loses every match for the rest of time. And they hope he leaves. Yes. Because of something that happened four, four plus years, years ago. ago. Mm-hmm. With Daniel Bryan, by the way. Yes. That was not even his fault. No, it was not. It was Daniel Bryan's body that gave up on him. Which, by the way, people turning on Roman Reigns happened before that, too. I'm well aware. The point is. Well, what happened was Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins existed. If you are telling me with a straight face that Eric Rowan is going to beat Roman Reigns in a no disqualification match, I laugh at you. They would never, ever allow that to happen. Now, your idea of the heels immediately getting their heat back after the match or the heels double-teaming him the entire match and Roman Reigns overcoming the odds, I get it. Even though I'm not a big fan of the heel losing and immediately getting their heat back after they get pinned, to me that's dumb. You could just wait until Raw or SmackDown to do it. Mm -hmm. The show after the pay-per-view, whichever brand they're on. The point is, I am more confident in this match than anything else on this card. Roman Reigns is defeating... Eric Rowan in the no disqualification match. Absolutely. I move on with my life. Yeah. I just had to go ahead and state what was going to happen after the match because I genuinely, I mean, you'd have to be stupid. Uh, Unless WWE really thinks that Eric Rowan is the answer here. And I get it. You want to push another big man. How in God's name can you not make this about Daniel Bryan and make this about Rowan? That's the reason why I think Roman Reigns is winning and then Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan are going to team up and it's going to be that they were in cahoots the entire time and it's Daniel Bryan. That's what I'm saying. I I just You tried pushing Eric Rowan 4 years ago and it didn't it did not work. By the way, Eric Rowan now has two of the most bizarre pieces of theme music I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Do you remember the weird bells sheep herder theme he had? No, I don't. And I It had the bells. It was the worst thing wow. ever. Plus, he was still wearing the sheep mask. Yes. It was weird. Yes. It was bizarre. Yes. It was off-putting. Yes. It was one of those things where you watch on YouTube and you put somebody else's theme music to like somebody else's Tron. Yeah. It was that weird. Ross, he lost to the Big Show in a stairs match. Ah, a stairs match at the pay-per-view called Tables, Tables, Ladders, Ladders, Chairs, Chairs, and and Stairs. stairs. I'm with you. Yes. Roman, Roman... has no reason to win this match on Sunday. Not at all. Not at all. Not it, the at all. only the, the the only thing that can come out of this is the fact that Daniel Bryan was responsible for everything the entire time, and that he decided to take a choke bomb or claw bomb, whatever you want to call it, to go ahead and really make Roman Reigns think Daniel Bryan had nothing to do with this. This is total pro wrestling, guys. Tell you this what, this is pro wrestling one hundred and one. Tell you what, yeah. if your plan is to have Eric Rowan defeat Kofi Kingston 
the WWE you, title. You shut your mouth right now. That I may endorse. You are out of your mind. Ah, which would be which would be more surprising: Jinder Mahal beating Randy Orton for the WWE title, or Eric Rowan beating Kofi Kingston for the WWE title? Eric Rowan beating Kofi see, Kingston for the uh, WWE uh, championship uh, uh, by far. See, I would argue Jinder Mahal. At least Jinder Mahal, there was a reason for it. He's got the look. He actually improved Mahal, his wrestling, his Randy, his excuse me, his wrestling skills. Everything. Mahal won one match and then beat Orton three times. So he won one match to get a WWE title match. Eric At least Rowan Rowan's been in a main event feud with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns involved. <laughs> I'm just trying to upset you because you're the Kofi Kingston fan. I actually like your idea of, of, of the guy beating him being Big E, but they'll never do it. I know they won't. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're both picking Roman Reigns to yes, beat we Eric are. Rowan. Thank God. <laughs> Let's move Was on. Was there any doubt? I just had to say it. All right, I think that this this title match needs to go next. New Day versus The Revival, and it's a little bit lower than what I would have wanted it to be, but that's because X and Biggie have basically been non-factors because The Revival and Randy Orton have basically destroyed them the last three and a half weeks. Randy, Kofi Kingston has been by himself essentially this entire time because X and Biggie got taken out. Okay? Um... Let me tell you something. This is a match between two of the best tag teams on planet Earth. Okay? I don't care what you say. The Revival are amazing, and Biggie and X are incredible. They are six-time tag team champions for a reason. Um, this is their first real feud between each other because when the Revival got called up to the main event a couple years back, um, they just beat the New Day on Raw. But nothing came about because, if I'm not mistaken, either Dawson or Dash got hurt, and it never came to full fruition. The Revival are now being, for the most part, taken seriously. And I have to say for the most part because they are two-time tag team champions, but then they shave their backs and then this and that and blah, 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 whatever. Whatever you want to call it, things happen to the Revival. But they have been paired up with Randy Orton over the last few weeks, and all of a sudden, instant credibility has been lent to the Revival. Let me tell you something. I think that the Revival are winning the SmackDown Tag Team titles on Sunday. Um, they've already won the Raw Tag Team titles twice. And the only reason why they took the Raw Tag Team titles away is because they wanted to do something with the OC. And they backtracked, apparently. But they still wanted to do something with the OC. And they were like, let's do that. And at least we can move the Revival to have a super mega feud with the New Day. This is the perfect start to the mega feud with the New Day. Have them flat out beat the New Day for the Tag Team titles at Clash of Champions. At the end of the day, we're going to go ahead and get a 15-minute match between two of the best tag teams in the world, and we're going to all enjoy it because regardless of what WWE's positioning is on tag team wrestling, Big E and X, they've been at the top of the tag team pull for the last five years, and the Revival's the best tag team to come out of WWE in the last five years. That's just the flat-out facts, ladies and gentlemen. What happens when you two put two of these together? You get greatness. What's an even better booking decision? Having the Revival win the tag team titles on Sunday. And that's coming from a guy who adores Big E and Xavier Woods. I've been under the impression that the continuing storyline is that uh, Kofi Kingston needs his boys. Yes. Okay. They're going to be busy in a tag team title match that night. And they're not going to be out 
for his uh, title match. Correct? I have a feeling that that'll be the case because it'll be, obviously, the WWE Championship match will be happening much later. Okay. Now, I realize the argument is that, uh, well, we'll get to Kofi in a minute. But, I mean, Orton's whole thing has been that Kofi can't beat him. Yes. That's the whole argument. So, I got to tell you, I would not take the tag belts off the New Day right now. Oof. I wouldn't. Wow. Because if you're going to slowly but surely dissolve the New Day, which has kind of been overdue anyway, mm-hmm. I think the tag team needs to stay the uh, stay their strong selves right now. Okay. And I think we're inching closer to this whole thing on uh, this big show coming up here in October on Fox. Mm-hmm. And we also have a draft coming up. And uh, I don't think taking the tag belts off of them is a good decision. Interesting. As much as I love the Revival and as much as giving them the belts seems like a good idea, um, I've been burned on this before. So I'm just going to stick with the status quo and say that the New Day need to just hang on to the titles for a little bit longer. It's not going to hurt them. They're going to do some more cool stuff down the row. We need to let the draft kind of play itself out. They're not going to move New Day back to Raw. They're going to keep them on SmackDown. You might as well have them be the champions. You already put the belts on them. You might as well keep them there. So I'm picking the New Day to retain the SmackDown tag team titles. Man, oh, man. Clash of Champions is what's going to go ahead and make or break our tie by far because we've already got two matches Already that you and I are completely disagreeing on. We've disagreed on Nakamura and Miz, and now we're disagreeing on New Day and Revival. There's probably going to be more, too. Oh, I'm sure there is, brother. I'm sure there is. That's I, I appreciate what you're saying. Um, Let's see what happens. All right. Let's move on to the other tag team title match that's going on at Clash of Champions. Seth Rollins versus Bobito Roode and Dolph Ziggy Pop Ziggler. Well, you, well, you forgot. To, it's Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. What did I say? You just said Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's not a handicap match. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. (laughs) I forgot the biggest man in the entire match. Versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler for the Raw Tag Team titles. We got here because, of course, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman won the tag team titles from the OC. In a really good match. And then Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler just won a gauntlet match and got a tag team title shot. Tag team terminal, to be exact, but yes. It's the same thing, basically. So, and they've kind of had this weird kind of back and forth. Okay. This is an instance where I am okay with two guys being adversaries, being the tag team champions. Because if you think about it, they've kind of had this weird kind of like, not rivalry. It's not the right word. There's been this kind of thing of respect since the rumble. Yeah. Because Rollins and Strowman were the last two guys in the men's rumble this year. Yes. So that was also because the night after Strowman, to me, turned back babyface. I never thought he was, was a heel anyways, but well, yes, I, he was I, I, he kind was getting of a, Phoenix. Yes. We were, they were booing him for sure. But they he immediately started getting cheers. It took one handshake and one promo backstage. Yeah. And they've never looked back because yes. Braun Strowman's been the babyface. Absolutely. Up until this feud right here. Which we'll get to in yeah. the world title or the universal title match. This is the tag team title match. That's the setup. Please continue. 
there is absolutely no reason why Braun Strowman and, and Seth Rollins have to be tag team champions after Sunday. Because it doesn't make any sense in the long term. This is a little short-term thing to go ahead and set up their their Universal Title Championship program. Bobby Rude and Ziggy Pop need to win these tag team titles, my friend. They need to in order to move the tag team division forward and be able to use Ziggler and Rude to propel the tag team titles so a real tag team can beat them later on down the road. They need to get the tag team titles off of Rollins and Strowman as soon as possible. Who takes the pin on Sunday? I have no clue. Because do you waste Rollins? Or do you have Rude and Ziggler hit some kind of super move to take down Strowman? I have no idea. I have no idea. But somehow, some way, Ziggler and Rude need to win the tag team titles. I just... So I guess I'm going to say that it would make sense because he's the, you know, okay, I'll tell you what, because he's the universal champ and so it can really throw a wrench into things and stuff like that. It's probably going to be that like Strowman lays out Rollins on accident and Ziggler and Rude pick up the pieces. All right. First of all, Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler should not even be in this match. I'm well aware of that. It should be the OC. Yes. Wholeheartedly agree with you, but because we are where we are right now, you can't have opponents for the universal title still be tag champs by the time i mean unless you really want to make the storyline really incredibly complicated so i'm telling you right now this is what's going to happen braun Strowman's going to play nice Mm -hmm. and then either he's going to get well let's see no okay this is what's going to happen okay rollins is going to get beaten up the whole match. Yes. Strowman's going to get the hot tag. He is going to do not one, but two running power slams on Seth Rollins and leave. Wow. And then Rude or Ziggler can both hit their finishers or they can just pin him. Rollins is getting pinned. And you're going to have Ziggler and Rude win the tag team titles. So it's almost the exact same thing that I just said. Almost. I'm thinking that Strowman's going to do it by accident. You think he's going to go ahead and flat out destroy him. Well, because if he's going to work heel, he might as well beat up the guy he's going to face later in the night. True. That's true. I get get what you're saying. Now, you could do the accident thing and be like, oh, okay, well, we lost the tag team titles. Now I'm just going to beat you for the title. Remember, because he already obliterated Rollins by on accident on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So you might as well just have him be like, no, I'm just going to screw us out of the titles anyway because I really don't care because that's the belt I want. Right, and not to mention, to be clear, Ron Strowman's promos the last couple of weeks, he says, I like being tag team champions with you, mm-hmm. but I really love the universal title. Mm-hmm. That's th- Those are the lines that have been uttered by Braun Strowman himself. So it'll be very interesting to see. I'm picking Ziggler and Rude. So am I. And you, so are you. So am I. So there we go. It, it, it makes, it, again, it makes sense because the same way that I thought that you needed to take the SmackDown title off of Becky Lynch earlier in the year so she could win the main event at WrestleMania, that's the same way that this is the only way that the tag, Raw Tag Team Division could go ahead and be able to prepare, excuse me, propel forward is by taking the tag team titles off the two guys that are just paired up for no reason uh, to make an interesting storyline. So there you go. Um, up next, we are going to do AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander for the U.S. title. 
So uh, AJ won the U.S. title from? Ricochet at Extreme Rules. Thank you. Yep. And Cedric Alexander beat him in a match this week. Yes. That's why we're having this match. And hold on. Last week, the OC randomly attacked Cedric Alexander after he lost to Baron or before he faced faced off with Baron Corbin in Ominous. this King of the Ring or excuse me, King of the Ring quarterfinal match. Excuse me. Correct. Yeah. So that's how we got here. Yes. You are going first. Sir. I am going first. Sorry for a second. I've lost my brain. Um, okay. First of all, I'll be the first one to tell you that this match is going to be one of the better matches on the card. You've got the best wrestler in the world, AJ Styles, who's currently ranked number three in the PWI Top 10. Um, and you've got Cedric Alexander, who was one of the best cruiserweights 205 Live could have ever asked for. Um, he's been an incredibly consistently good wrestler. Um, and Cedric Alexander deserves to be in this spot. He doesn't, the same way that I said that Ricochet didn't need to win the program against AJ Styles to be a made man. The same thing bodes for Cedric Alexander. Um, am I saying that he doesn't that he doesn't deserve to win a, te- uh, a singles title? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm sure he does very much so, and very soon. But unless you plan on propelling AJ Styles back into the main event scene like tomorrow, AJ Styles just go ahead and keep him as the U.S. Ti- as the U.S. champ because he's bringing prestige. Back into the U.S. title. This man is a two-time WWE champion. He's one of the longest reigning WWE champions of the modern era. He is the best wrestler in the world. He is AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. You need AJ Styles on that U.S. title. Cedric Alexander needs AJ Styles as an opponent. Cedric Alexander is going to be made to look like a million bucks in this match. Cedric Alexander is going to go ahead and come out of this stronger than he could have ever come in. He's going to be a made man if he can stand toe-to-toe with AJ Styles. He doesn't need to win. So I'm picking AJ Styles to retain his w- his, univer- his excuse me his United States title. He's probably going to do a wicked-ass move to end the match just like he did the last two times with uh, Ricochet because Cedric Alexander is that type of caliber of opponent. And we're going to get a great match. AJ's going to beat him. Um, I think he'll beat him clean the same way that he, for the most part, beat Ricochet clean. OC is going to be chilling at ringside, but guess what? The Viking Raiders are also going to be hanging about and hanging out and about somewhere very, very close to this match. Please note that. But I think uh, Styles is going to beat Cedric Alexander and retain his U.S. title. I have to take task with something you just said. Please do. There is no bringing prestige back to a belt that has not mattered in years. I know. Well, the last time the United States title meant anything other than something laying dried up on the floor was 2015 with John Cena's open challenge. There's no bringing prestige back to the U.S. title. Even, it if, is it's a, best, even it, if it's the best wrestler on the planet holding it? It is a belt. Okay. It would hold up trousers and it would be better suited. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. You're allowed to say that. That's, that's fine. A, look, that's all I'm saying. I got. I'm, I get you, bro. That being said, Cedric Alexander is not winning this match, and AJ is retaining because even though it may be an entertaining ten or fifteen minute match, there's no way Cedric's beating him. There's no reason for Cedric to beat him unless you're just going for a shock victory that nobody expects as a swerve. What is this, Vince Russo booking the show? 
I mean, yeah, sure, he would beat AJ Styles and get a Actually, did he? Yeah, because he beat him on TV this week. Yeah, there's no way he's pitting him twice in a row. What are you, nuts? AJ's winning and retaining. <laughs> I love how you take shots at me when I just made the same no, pick No, I just take shots at people. We're bringing prestige back at belts. You know how much the IC title means right now? Jack. It's meant Jack for a long time. Ugh, the Miz is bringing it back. Oh, this guy's bringing it back. Oh, that guy's bringing well, it back. Last year, the Miz and Seth Rollins brought prestige back to the IC title. No. Oh, okay. Please continue. All right, fair enough. Oh, jeez. I'm a little hurt by your comments. <laughs> You're hurt by a lot of things, okay? That's not true, damn it. That's not true. I'm emotional. I'm an emotional young man. Yeah, okay. I really am emotional. There's something wrong with me. I got to go ahead and get that checked out. That being said. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't believe. Never mind. Go. What? It's your order. You. It's 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 your order. You can put it in whatever order you want to. There is no way Bailey and Charlotte Flair should be this late in the card. But go on. Well, because of Bailey's heel turn, absolutely it's late on this card. It's coming up right now. So Bailey turned heel. She won the title. Charlotte's a pseudo baby face here. That's the match. Go. Okay. Bailey won the title a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Thank you very much. for. Oh, you mean when she was a baby face? Correct. Okay. Which was two weeks ago. But she won the she won the title back at Money in the Bank, bro. No, she turned heel two oh, weeks ago. I'm well aware she of that. She didn't turn baby face. Yeah, two and weeks by the ago. way, Charlotte hasn't turned face yet, by the way, which is irritating to me because of the, I've already gone too so then, far. So then you're saying that there have been three heels and one baby face in this feud? Yeah. Okay. Even though she's still a tweener. Hey, she she really liked being in Baltimore. Okay. okay. Good for her. Just telling you. Baltimore's a dump anyway. Why why you gotta It is. It's okay. a dump. All right. Yeah. For a multitude of reasons. Go. <laughs> their their football team beat a high school team and they think they're gonna be Super Bowl champions for goodness sake. It's true. It, it, it it's true. Go on. To my boy Luis, who's who's making this whole big deal of, oh, not bad for a running back. First of all, I love you, but you're dumb. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. But okay. Lamar Jackson said, "Not bad for a running back." That's 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 what his comments were. Mike, for what? To whoever went ahead and doubted him, apparently. Oh well, he said doubters a bunch anyway. Bailey's. Uh, How'd that playoff game work out for them last year? Not very oh, well. Yeah. No, no, not very well at all. Absolutely not. Bailey and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown <laughs> Women's Championship. <laughs> if it's this late on the card, I will. I will not be happy. It I, probably will be because Charlotte's in the match. But go on. And it's in Charlotte, North Carolina. By the way, mind you. Woo. Woo woo woo. You know it, no, bro. I hate Zach him. Ryder. Why am I doing that? I don't know why you hate Zack Ryder. I don't really hate Zack Ryder. I really hate Kurt Hawkins. That's what it is. Um, I don't know why you hate Kurt Hawkins. Because he beat the Revival at WrestleMania for no reason other than to end a 200-match losing streak. Somebody had to beat uh, some. He had to beat somebody. Look, couldn't he beat somebody else? Couldn't he beat Mike Canales? Actually, personally, I would have rather it, it have been Brock Lesnar, personally. I know. Yeah. Why couldn't, he, why couldn't he be in the Universal title match, right? Kurt Hawkins Roswell versus... Uh, versus weird-ass predictions of wrestling. Kurt Hawkins versus Seth Rollins. Smells like money. Hey, he Slater beat Seth Rollins when he was Money in the Bank. That's Slater's true. going Slate. Slater's going Slate. That's anyway, true. Bailey versus so Charlotte WWE Flair. WWE has this weird thing where they do not like people winning in their hometowns. So I'm telling you this right now: Charlotte's not winning in Charlotte. Bailey's defending. 
um, because first of all, she just turned heel. First, first of all, she just turned babyface, right? Or I'm sorry, heel. And uh, she lost. Sasha and Becky lost. Why can't I speak, Ross? Sasha and Bailey lost to Becky and Charlotte at at the Garden on Raw, and they ju- and then it was this huge, huge heel turn from Bailey, right? How do you ruin that momentum that quickly? Like, I mean, she's supposed to have all this momentum in the role in the world. This is Sasha's second match back from returning after SummerSlam, and they lose. And not to mention they're the first ever women's tag team champions who actually get along, as opposed to Charlotte and Becky still not liking each other, still got beef and and, and steak and ground turkey. I don't know, but that being said. Because of all those reasons, Bailey's totally retaining in Charlotte on Sunday. It, it there is no. I mean, I listen. I'm all for Charlotte winning her tenth title reign. I'm mm-hmm. all for it. Mm-hmm. But when you just turn Bailey, which I disagree with them having turned her at this point. Mm-hmm. I've already given my explanations why last week. If you have already done that, then she totally needs to keep the title on her. So you have to have her beat Charlotte. This is perfect because now that she's a heel, she can actually win via nefarious means, mm-hmm. you know? Plus, she doesn't have to beat Charlotte. She can just beat her by disqualification exactly, if you want to. Exactly, or like beat her by countout, or or, or, or Charlotte Sasha can, can get involved. By, Sasha can get involved, although you've got to be careful with that because she's obviously got her own big match, which we're about to discuss right after this. Or Sasha can get involved and, Bay- and, it, uh, and Becky can exactly. get involved. You never know. You never know. Although, I want to be careful with that because then it just brings the... The whole beef in all this that Bailey has is the fact that she feels the SmackDown title is on par with the Raw Women's title, mm-hmm. which it's really supposed to be, but it's technically not because of what Becky Lynch is currently at the moment, mm-hmm. aka the hottest woman in wrestling today. Um, that being said, Bailey's gonna pin Sasha. Or excuse me. Oh my God! Why can't I do this? Bailey Bailey's and gonna Charlotte. pin Charlotte okay. via nefarious means. What those nefarious means are, I do not know. Okay. But she's pinning Charlotte in Charlotte on Sunday. I'm gonna be quick because it goes with uh, everything else. Plus this match, I quite frankly don't really care about that much. Bailey's winning. There you go. Okay. There you go. Wow. You gave it the Kofi Kingston treatment. So let's move over to Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Now that I got everybody's names correct. Well. Okay. For everything you just said, yeah. they just turned her heel. There's no reason for Charlotte to win the belt. That's why I just summed yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Bailey no, I, wins. I, was, I was being a dick. I'm sorry. Becky versus Sasha. Becky, of course, has been the champion for forever. Everybody's sick of it. Let's get it over with. And, of course, Sasha Banks. This is her second match back. In third which match. she, uh, Excuse me. Her third match back. Uh, she came back with blue hair. She's been cutting promos. That's what she's everybody's been, been talking about, she's guys. Been, she's been hitting Becky with a chair hard way in the head. <laughs> You know, even though I still think it was an accident. Oh, it was regard- definitely an accident. Regardless. But uh, but of course it would be Sasha, because Sasha's prone to be... How Dangerous. Dumb in the ring sometimes, to her own self and to others sometimes. So, well. uh, Sasha helped Bailey turn heel. Yes. Because she kind of has influence because they're friends, and they did the whole thing right there. Mm-hmm. So... You are still going first. Yes, I am. So three weeks ago, when, or two weeks ago, when they made this match official, I told you I was as pumped as I could possibly be for a women's title feud since Ronda and Becky back in January. I still hold that hold this match to that regard, to that hierarchy. 
there's a lot of factors that are not going to be play that are not going to be in play because you've got Charlotte and Bailey completely intertwined within this storyline the same way that Sasha and Becky are intertwined into theirs given what we just saw with the events from Monday and last Tuesday. I would have told you Becky needs to win or I'm sorry Sasha needs to actually beat Becky. That Sasha is the person to beat Becky at this point. I don't know if they're ready to do that yet. Just because Bailey's gonna to me, Bailey's beating Charlotte. So but then you ruin Sasha's return. Where, you know, she was gone for five months, right? Or four and a half months, whatever you want to call it. So I'm calling an audible, Ross. Here we go. Calling an audible right now. Live on the podcast. Sasha Banks is your brand new Raw Women's Champion. I hate you right now. Are you done? There's there's just... If they're going to pull the trigger, just do it now. Just do it now. Don't wait. I mean, first of all, the Raw Women's title is the Raw Women's title. So, yeah. What's the point of waiting till the SmackDown on Fox? Because that's not even their show, right? So you can't do that. Might as well go ahead and pull the trigger now. You cannot waste the momentum of Sasha Banks returning and you sticking her into the women's title feud immediately for her to just lose to Becky Lynch. Am I correct in saying that? (laughs) Something happened, clearly. All right, hold up, hold up. What's going on? What's going on? This just happened live on the podcast. What's going on? What is it? I just, I just, I just saw, I just saw Booker T on a show called Inside PBC Boxing give a bookend to a stagehand on top of a table. I thought it was way more important than that, <laughs> but okay, it's Booker T. And he's your. Can boy. you dig it, sucker? Sucker. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. Booker T five X on Instagram. If you want to go check out what he I'm laughing at me. right now, I thought I, honestly I thought. Tell me you did not just say that. Him and Gold does her absolutely gold. Yes. Um, so you're picking Sasha. I I don't know why you hate me for going ahead and making an audible like that, but everything that I just said is completely valid. All right, this is and why. This I, is, and and I love Becky Lynch. You know that I love Becky Lynch. Uh-huh. This is why I hate you. Because I was about to pick that. I hate you so much. I hate you for hating me now, because I'm thinking like you. Okay, now, there are two schools of thought here. In theory, they should do Becky versus Bailey at Survivor Series. Yes. Because it makes sense Absolutely. for Bailey to beat Becky at Survivor Series and prove that she's better. That she's the better women's champion, yes. yes. However... That is two months away. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree that they should pull the trigger and have the power shift of the horsewomen move from Becky and Charlotte to Sasha and Bailey. That makes sense to me. So I have this weird dilemma of do I see the power shift at this show or do I see the power shift in November? Well, you've always said that you hate it when they try to go ahead and save the big moments for the big pay-per-views. Now, here's my other problem. Uh-huh. 
They're moving to Fox. Yes. They're doing all these different, and we're about to have a draft. Yes. You can't move Becky to SmackDown because she's engaged to Seth Rollins. Well, I was going to say you can't move her to SmackDown because she's better on Raw right now. Exactly. That too. Mm -hmm. But what we just said, they try to go ahead and keep major couples together. (sighs) I had this whole plan of doing this. Did I ruin everything for you? I'm you kind of made me rethink it on the fly. Because I, I hate think this. I had Becky. No, retaining. I just, I just didn't think that you would do that. I figured since you're such a Becky Lynch mark that you would just pick <laughs> her to win. <laughs> Let's see here. We're picking differently in that match. Mm-hmm. That match. See, he's strategizing, ladies and gentlemen, because no, now I'm calling an audible. Go for Becky's it. Becky's retaining. You're out of your mind. But that's fine. I respect it. Go for it. Because I don't think people want to see Becky Lynch lose yet. Oh, I'm well aware that people don't want to see Becky Lynch lose. Plus, this is I'm the just reason why they that, should do it. Plus, I'm just upset that you took my pick. Becky Lynch is retaining the Raw Women's title. Suck it, Jorge. <laughs> what a dick. This guy. All right, fine. You going to play... Go play with fire, bruh. All right. I'm making you do this. The okay. next match is Kofi Kingston no, versus Randy no. Orton. No, Ross. Yes. Absolutely not. And I'll tell I you will. why. Because nope. Nope. Don't care. Clash of Champions, I swear to you, I better be seeing Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton main event this show. Okay. I'm sick and tired of the freaking Universal Championship <laughs> main eventing just because it's on Raw. It's the red belt. Seth Rollins. I love Seth Rollins. I'll be the first person to tell you that. His feud with Braun Strowman has been bullshiggity. It's been hot stool, if you will, Ross. Then in that case, if we're doing it that way, we're both picking Seth Rollins to retain. That's pretty obvious. Yes. Okay. No more discussion needs to be had then. And I love Braun Strowman, but I'm sorry. You can go ahead and still have Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt in a Hell in a Cell match not involving involving the title. Plus, Braun Strowman can lose to The Fiend and it won't hurt him. And Seth Rollins retaining the title for now, even though I love Braun Strowman and I've told them to push him immediately and make him a world champion, it's not going to happen on this show. So Seth Rollins retains. We both agree. Yes. So let's move on to what I believe in. It better be the main event because here's there's a multitude of reasons why it needs to be the main event. Kofanold Kingston versus Keith. (laughs) (laughs) Kofi Cornelius Kingston, first of all. The Jamaican Sensation versus DDP Light. Uh, The St. Louis Blue. There you go. Um, The Mayor of Viperville. Oh, good God. Oh, good God. (laughs) The the person whose wife does a better RKO than he does. Enhancement not needed. I still remember that promo. That was awesome. Wow. Love it. I love Randy Did you see his wife surprise him at the Madison Square Garden? That was so cute. Yes. It was adorable. I love them together. They're just a cool couple. Randy Orton gets a really bad rap for some things in his career. Yeah. And a a lot of it's warranted. Yes. But But he's a family man through and through. The guy is about as pro wrestler as it gets. He really is. For all the right and wrong reasons. Yep. So, you just... Plus... No matter what he does now, he will always be respected. Oh, yeah. No, he's one of the most over superstars on the roster today. Like, he's the biggest heel in the company, or one of the biggest heels in the company. He still gets major pops because he's Randy Orton. Plus, I've said this before, he will get my undying respect and admiration for the fact that he put over Mark Henry and Jinder Mahal three times apiece. Yes. 
You said Kofi Kingston and Orton need to main event the show for a multitude of reasons. I interrupted you, and that was very rude of me. It's I'm okay. sorry. I just want to get to this match. So no, go no, ahead. I'm with you. Um, it has been the best feud in WWE. Thank I you. will agree with you. Thank you very I much. I was just, I was just pissing you off. I know, I know. Son of an actual biscuit eating bulldog, and I love you. And you know, your, your mom's not a biscuit eating bulldog, so I take back my comment. Um, <laughs> I deserve that douche bag. Um, listen, no, no, I know I did. <laughs> this this story really has been the best told story since the beginning of since prior to SummerSlam. Um, as soon as Kofi Kingston made it made it aware to everybody and their mother that he wanted to face Randy Orton at SummerSlam, you knew that they were going to go ahead and go right into their bag of tricks, that they were going to go right into the deep halls of prestigeness and history that is World Wrestling Entertainment, and they were going to go ahead and bring out the good stuff from 2009. And they have. And they even did it this last Tuesday, last night, when they went ahead and recreated the boom drop through the table at Madison Square Garden again, which was awesome. The finish to their SummerSlam match was hot garbage. But it sets up to where we are to this point. Now, I have been arguing Kofi Kingston needs to really get it over on Kofi King uh, on Randy Orton. I've been saying that for a while now. Why? Because it just makes sense. Kofi needs to finally get over the hump, right? He's beaten Daniel Bryan. He's beaten um, Kevin Owens. He's beaten Dolph Ziggler, Samoa Joe. He needs to beat Randy Orton, Right? You told me that last night that there should always be that one wrestler that a wrestler can't beat. Rock couldn't beat Stone Cold for a long time, right? Chris Benoit, or Triple H never beat Chris Benoit, right? Brock Lesnar couldn't beat Goldberg for the longest time, right? Does Kofi Kingston need to do that with Randy Orton, I ask? I don't know. We are... Two and a half weeks away from SmackDown being on Fox. What's the best main event you could go ahead and give us on the first on the first SmackDown on Fox, Ross? I think a WWE title match between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Am I correct in saying that? It's possible. So, I, I I'm in a dilemma where do I say that Kofi retains the title and then you save a title change for the first SmackDown on Fox between Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, or do you just pull the trigger and? Drop have Kofi Kingston drop the title because the thing is, you really to me you really need to have Kofi Kingston at least get one victory over Randy Orton. But then, if you have them have a rematch, then you automatically know that Randy Orton's going to beat him because they need to have Kofi drop the title one way or another. And not to mention, it'll be I don't know. So what do you do? What do you do? Do I call an audible? And change what I have written on my paper? You've already surprised me twice tonight. Why not make it a third time? I have nothing to lose. We're tied and we still have three more pay-per-views at least. Right? I just want you to pick who you think is actually going to win. I just wish Joe was on this pay-per-view again. (laughs) (laughs) I snorted. Go. I don't know if you see what I'm doing over here on the other side. I have no idea what you're doing over there. I am scratching. Calling an audible, Ross. Second audible in a row. My winner 
for what I believe should be the main event this Sunday mm-hmm. at Clash of Champions between mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Randall Keith Orton. We're not friends anymore. I know. I know. Because because I know what you were going to do because you think that this should happen. Okay. Um, now, you said this before. I will say it again. I am of the belief that every wrestler needs kryptonite. Every single wrestler needs kryptonite. Those are your words. I'm using, and I, that wasn't meant to um, throw shade at you. That was meant to say that you actually have a point. No, but okay. For instance, I would have told you that Brock Lesnar's kryptonite was Goldberg. Yes. Then Brock Lesnar just beat him. Yes. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the Rock's kryptonite, and then he and then Rock just beat him. Yeah. Um. Trying to think of another instance. Oh, I'll give you another. I'll give you another instance that I wish they would have done more of. Uh, I believe Triple H's kryptonite was Chris Benoit. I, I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, John Cena's kryptonite was John uh, was uh, CM Punk. Yes. Yeah. Edge's kryptonite was Cena. Yes. Um. Again. Triple H's s- kryptonite was Batista. Yes, officially that is the answer, is that Triple H's kryptonite was Batista. And then they just had Triple H beat him. Right. (laughs) Years later, but again, I liked the storyline of, hey, Batista just came back, he's done everything. Or I should say, I just came back and Triple H is the man, but he hasn't beaten me. And then he just beats him again. That would have been awesome. Yes, I know. They didn't do it because they don't have the balls. (laughs) Even though it was Batista's call for Triple H to beat him. I know. And that's a terrible call, Dave. I'm sorry, but you should have just beaten him. I'm sorry. That's, that's just the way I would have done it because that's how I would book. That's why I don't book for this company. Even Plus, though I've sent you links for jobs with World Wrestling Entertainment, and you do not trust me. They couldn't handle my booking. Probably not. Probably not because I would fired within a week. Because I would probably have a wrestler pull like a Hulk Hogan run. You'd where have he holds Drew the title for like the Royal two, Rumble. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I would not have him win the Rumble. However. <laughs> If you were to tell me, if you were to tell me that I could throw a fastball and have Pete Dunn win the Rumble, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Although, and here, have Dunn win the Rumble, have Gulak be the NXT champion, going into WrestleMania, not into NXT Tampa. All right, there you go. I've said this before, and I will say it again. I am looking forward to the day that Kofi Kingston loses the title because, to me, He's the guy that works in the building for 15 years, does a good job, shows up on time, does everything, but is not the guy you put on air if he's working at a radio station. He's just not. He's not a main eventer. He's still not a main eventer in my book. That's my opinion. Dolph Ziggler was a champion. He's not a main eventer. Jack Swagger was the champion. He's not a main eventer. There are plenty of examples to this. So, I believe that when Kofi Kingston drops the title, he's not going to hold the title again for a while. So, when he loses the title, he needs to go back to being the Kofi Kingston we're all used to seeing, which is a solid contributor and not a main eventer. What does that mean? Well, it means that I am calling an audible because I have been burned by this way too many times. And because once again, you picked a match that I was going to pick and you pissed me off. (laughs) Even though you told me that because I won the last pay-per-view, I went first. This is on you. No. Creative director. It's not. You should have just stuck to your guns and been Jorge Fabregas over here. 
General George and the Water Buffaloes here to serve you. As much as I hated the way that SmackDown ended because it teased that Orton's winning the title because Kofi got one up on Orton, and as much as I want to play by my own rules and say that Orton needs to beat him and prolong this feud, I am picking Kofi Kingston to retain the WWE Championship. For, for Randy Orton to beat him at the October 4th SmackDown, obviously, if mm, they make the match. I don't know. They may wait. Till what though? That's the pro- that's the problem. Well, okay. What's the, ne- what's the next pay per view after Clash of Champions? It's supposed to be. Don't we have another Saudi Arabia show coming up? That's like November though. That's like three weeks prior to the, to Survivor Series. Well, since you asked, I think it's Hell in a Cell. Oh, it is Hell in a Cell. Another obviously, pointless pay per view. Hell in a Cell is on October the sixth at that monstrosity known as Golden One Center in Sacramento, California. Then it's Crown Jewel. And then Survivor Series. Uh, then it's TakeOver War Games. Well, obviously. Sorry. Then it's Survivor Series. And Chi-Town, baby. Ugh. Not a fan of that city either. Then TLC, which is happening in... Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ah, oh, a great wrestling town. Brock Lesnar's house. One of oh, Brock Lesnar's houses. That'll be on uh, December the 15th. And then, of course, we will have the Royal Rumble, which is in Houston this year. Yeah. And then I forget after that, and then WrestleMania. Yeah, probably doing Fast Lane and or Elimination Chamber. I don't know where they're located. doesn't matter. I don't know why it's not telling me it doesn't matter. The point well, is... They haven't released a schedule yet, that's why. The point is, uh, I've been burned picking Kofi Kingston to lose before. I'll probably get burned by Orton winning, and I'm hating you because you decided to... Just, just pick... Just make the same pick as me. No, like it's fine. You, it's not like the reason why I'm making the pick is because you and I have discussed this, and we think that it's the most logical thing. Jorge, to I wanted to be smart and pick two picks that you just picked, but now you just decided to mimic my intelligence and pick them before me. It hurts me that you would say that I mimic your intelligence. Don't no, you, you called audibles and took picks that were mine. I didn't know that. That's what you were planning on doing, Ross. I can't see your paper on the other freaking side. Yeah, well, it's not like uh, I have a full-on monitor. This is what happens when we do shows on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays. You call audibles on me. I call audible anytime I want to, bro. Damn it. I'm the J-Man. I'm smart. What are you, you, Peyton Manning Omaha over here? Don't you compare me to that man, please. He's a great quarterback. I'm sure he is. Mm -hmm. He's all right. Not a fan, I take it? Nah, it's fine. He's, you know, I don't know. He's fine. He's good. He's actually great, but just Brady's better, but whatever. Oh, let's not go down this road. Hey, you know what? You know what? Let me just say this. Peyton Manning did One of them have holds somebody... passing Hold records. On. One of them cheats. I know. What I was going to say is that Peyton Manning doesn't some, didn't have anybody who was accused of raping a gymnast three separate times as wide receiver. Well, let's be honest. A.B. <sighs> and Brady have never played together on the well, same wait, team. I don't even know if they're going to play together. They may not. I'm just saying. Are you picking Kofi or are you picking Randy? Yes, I'm picking Kofi Kingston. I will like it. So let's do a recap, or at least I will lead the recap since you went first and stole two of my picks. All right, here we go. You're such a hater. Uh, I'm just going off the Wikipedia page, so I don't care if it's in the same order. Okay. Uh, We are both picking Bailey. Mm -hmm. We are both picking Rude and Ziggler. Yep. We are both picking Rollins over Strowman. Sorry, Bailey's retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship. Rude and Ziggler are becoming the new Raw t- Tag Team Champions. Seth Rollins is retaining his Universal Championship. 
Gulak is retaining his cruiserweight title. Um, Roman Reigns is beating Rowan. Yes. We're um, both picking... Bliss and Cross. Bliss and Cross, and we're both picking AJ. And we are picking differently on the IC title match. I have uh, Miz winning. You have Nakamura defending his correct. title. Um, and then... You have the Revival Live New Day. That is correct. And I am picking Sasha, and you are picking Becky... And you're and picking course, Orton and I have Kingston. I can't believe we are going down that route. So I have picked one. I am picking one title change on this show. Wow. And I'm picking one, two, four title changes. It will probably be somewhere in between. Yep. So. We are if, tied at 67? 78. 78. 67 was what we were tied at SummerSlam. That's what it was. Wow! This will be a game changer. Sure will. This is gonna. This is. This is what. Uh, this is what's gonna make or break. If Becky and Kofi both lose at this pay per view, do you have any idea how upset I will be? <laughs> you have been begging for this moment. Yes, and I wanted Since it on it- my terms, and you <laughs> took it from me. What if? Oh my God! I. I don't get you. Like you pick against Seth Rollins to pick beat. with your gut instead of calling audibles, Jack. I, <laughs> hey, I am trying to go based off of WWE. The last logic. time I let you go first. Fine. Hey, who knows? If you win on Sunday, then you'll probably end up picking first, and you'll be like, "I'm picking first. Oh no, because don't worry. Jorge went ahead and decided to pick Samoa Joe to win the WWE Championship. Blah blah blah. Don't worry. When I go eleven oh. for eleven, I will throw it in your face for at least a month. Good luck with that, my friend. I believe last pay-per-view I missed on one match. And it cost me the tie. Uh, there was some pay-per-view very recently that I did really well on. Was it in Extreme Rules? Didn't we, didn't we both do really well at Extreme Rules? Yes, that's the point. It should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not the one that picked Brock Lesnar to win at SummerSlam, okay? That's not my fault. Their booking dictated that Brock Lesnar should have retained. I told you from the very beginning that if you wanted to beat All Elite Wrestling in the ratings, that Seth Rollins needed okay. to be your WWE I'm or sorry. Universal Champion. I'm sorry. I can't take Come a on, company Ross. seriously when you're telling me that little Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar, but He's you not never little. put. He's six foot one, two twenty five. Okay. When you tell me that Big Bad Roman Reigns can't beat Brock Lesnar, but Seth Rollins beats him twice in fluke ways. I'm sorry. The SummerSlam win was not fluke. Okay. He cashed in at WrestleMania 31. That was a fluke. He pinned Roman Reigns to win the title. All right, fine. He then beat Brock Lesnar in a match where he just curb stomped him three times and won the title. Brock Lesnar has beaten multiple people by just F5-ing people. Yes. There's a difference between Brock Lesnar having five-minute matches and Seth Rollins having five-minute matches, isn't there? But then they had a 15-minute match at at, at, at the Slam, and it was great. Okay. One out of three ain't bad. Even though Roman Reigns beat him and fell out of the cage, but they still said Brock retained. Since you can't have Roman Reigns beat him. Jackasses. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. In the words of Ross. As I said, if (laughs) Kofi and Becky both lose their titles at this pay-per-view in matches that I pick them to win. You're you're losing your stuff. Oh. Oh. You have no idea. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, if they 
if they both win on Sunday. You'll be the happiest person on earth. Sorry. That was that setup was bad. If they both lose on Sunday. Oh, let me tell you something. We you might th- as well cancel the show. You thought Kane bringing hellfire and brimstone was bad? <laughs> let me tell you something. You is it gonna be is it gonna be worse than our SummerSlam review show? Where you're gonna be? Are you gonna throw a monitor instead? Don't do that. Y- y- you may be doing the review show solo. I might as well. Well, I may sit here and wait. <laughs> Put together the podcast and let you do the show. Okay, I need you guys to listen to what's going on right now. This man has been begging and pleading for Becky Lynch and for Kofi Kingston. On my terms. You could have picked them along with me and nope. just agreed. Nope. Couldn't get an advantage. It would be a tie. Oh, you ha- Let me tell you, I don't Ross, accept we're going to end it right now. You have yourself to blame for this because you told me to go first. Because you beat me on the last pay-per-view. You could have you bended the rules just like you've bended the rules every single time no, on this damn then, show. No, then, because I would have been just as equally upset because then you would have still audibled and then picked the same as me and I wouldn't have looked as smart. I would have probably wanted I to- am a selfish person yes, over here, you okay? Are. Damn. I want to be smart. <laughs> then be smart. You're probably. I guarantee you I'm going to be wrong on at least one of those picks. Doesn't There's matter. no way that I'm right on both. But see, no I, but see, I want to be right on both. I want another Drew Gulak moment where I look like a genius. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You're just mad at me because Kofi Kingston beat Daniel Ryan at WrestleMania. No, I'm mad that Kofi Kingston's the WWE champion when he's a janitor in the building. We got to end the show. He and Eric Rowan would make a great tag team dressed up in janitor suits. I bet you when the New Day goes ahead and turns on Kofi Kingston, the only person he's going to be able to turn to is Eric Rowan. <laughs> That's the storyline. Kofi gets beat up. Nobody wants to help him. Rowan comes along. He says, I'll help you. What's going on? (laughs) I'll be your friend, Kofi. I'm Rowan. There'll be no stunt double to stage an attack on this one. I am so out of my element right now. I'm (laughs) I'm so floored and flabbergasted that my co-host decided to one-up me and pick two picks that I was going to make. I don't. I don't even know what to say right now, except that uh, the Double Turn podcast on Instagram, <laughs> one and only JMan19, Ross the Robot85, all on Instagram, Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. You can find this show on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio iTunes. Public, iTunes, all that fun stuff. How mad would you be if Braun Strowman ends up winning the Universal title and you didn't pick it on Sunday? <laughs> Sabbatical. <laughs> End the show now. End the show now. For I can the I've been Boss Ross. This has been the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you <laughs> on the flip side. See you guys Sunday.